Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire-charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. On the subject of wind, we've been talking about wind. It's very tell people how windy it is, Giannis, so they they don't think that I'm just you know uh, struggling. It's the windiest I think I've ever seen it. Since I've moved to Montana five years ago, it's so windy that Giannis got reports from a eighty mile an hour winds. And oh yeah, over in Big Timber, uh, rancher was shit working cattle, shipping cattle, and he says his eyes are swollen from all the small particles that have been blown into his eyeballs the last two days. That windy. I thought my windows might implode towards me this morning as I was making coffee. It was so windy that bad, and the the glass was flexing. Sorry. Extremely windy. We have a Halloween. De- it's so windy that uh, that doesn't matter. There's a Halloween decoration that I had to get up and remove in the middle of the night. Bam, 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 bam. Mm. But um, oh, here here's a way to explain here, how windy it is. My neighbor's wheelbarrow, which I don't know exactly where he stores it on his property, but it was at least a hundred yards from his house. It had the, a wheelbarrow had just been blown across the landscape. This is uh, it's pretty windy. I got two windy things. I want to tell. So for the first time ever, my my uh, beloved sister in law, say something, Juanita. Juanita Vero is here. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure um, to be here. My my favorite. Uh, probably I like you more than Yanni. Ooh. I like you more Ooh. than my brother. Ooh. Like if I had to choose between my brother and my sister in law, you have two brothers and two sister in laws. No, I'm talking about this one. This one in particular. I'm just, one, trying, to, I'm just that, trying to lay it on thick. The one okay. that Juanita's married to. Yeah, Juanita's married to my brother, Matt. 
by like her more than him, which puts me in an awkward position because originally, uh, I don't know, I never told you this. I was originally not skeptical of you, but but I I, I was sussing you out. Ooh, because I care about my brother a great deal, and so you know I love him to death. What'd you find out in your sussing? <laughs> oh, that I liked you. But initially, right? Initially, I like I wouldn't take him saying like, "Oh, you know, I whatever, have a girlfriend, we might get married." I don't take that as I wouldn't take that as like, "Oh gosh, can't wait to meet this wonderful person." My head would go What's wrong? Went like like um uh I got her number now. I'm going to find out. Skepticism. Fair Did enough. you, like, do him wrong? I don't know. Just he skeptical. was injured. Skeptical. Like, I was skeptical, but then now, you know, you really won me over. Aw. Like, I love you so much. So so kind. <laughs> I know. I love you so much. You do you're such a great job at, at being uh, my brother. You do a great job being my brother's wife. But Six you guys, years in. I'll point out, you guys don't live together. It's a secret. Yeah. You guys live <laughs> nine. To a long, happy marriage. You guys live nine hours apart. Yes. It is it's true. Like a commu- it's like a, a long, with no we have to be immediate committed. plans to like remedy the situation. No. Not even looking at it as something that should be remedied. Absolutely not. Uh, Maybe when we get a little older. Like someday. You haven't when ruled out need, living together. You know, some I think remedy care. though makes it sound like there's like it's a problem and there's something wrong with that's it. What, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. It's like it's not like a thing that they're like stuck in and wish they weren't. You just don't live together. Just don't live together. Yeah. I think a lot of you couples just might probably, decide to change it probably wish. Later. Yeah, when we need assisted living help. Mm-hmm. You'll assist to, each other? No, well, or we need someone to wipe just, our asses and might guys, as well just have one person do it. It'll right. be cheaper. Where you just start to love each other so much that you can't be that far apart anymore. You need oh, more time together. We got a lot of love right now. I don't know. I want to tell you my windy story, though. This is very windy. I thought your brother's house was going to blow away. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm getting at. I'm trying to just, this is, a, this is a prolonged setup for a story about windiness. The first time I took my wife to my brother's house in Mile City, um, she'd never been to Mile City. And I think she just had, like, she was pregnant. We had one baby, and she was pregnant with another baby. Either way, I take her there, and I don't know what's. And I didn't know, but there's like a there's Karina a Karina have a baby. There's a there's a tornado coming, yes. but I didn't know there's a tornado coming. So we get to Mile City, and we're gonna go fishing. And our friend D was there as well, and so Katie's like, "Well, I was gonna hang out and catch up with D, and we'll hang out in the house, and you guys all go fishing." So we start down the road to go fishing, and all of a sudden, like a tornado hits, and uh. Blows trees. Like, we couldn't even get anywhere down. We couldn't even get down the road because, like, cottonwoods are blowing down the road. A chunk of Matt's roof blows off his house. Whoa. She's, like, huddled in the doorframe. And and she's, like, never been to this town in her life. She's only been here, like, 30 minutes. And she's thinking, my God, this place is windy. (laughs) You know. Unbeknownst to any of us, it was like... And his door frames probably aren't the sturdiest of door frames. No, it's like the kind of house that they haul in on... It's the kind yes. of house they haul in on a trailer. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Lightly manufactured. Yeah, and she's like, no one... I can't picture how windy it is here. But yeah, it was like arrived during a tornado. Um, yesterday, we... Uh, I was out with my wife and kids, and we ran... Um, Aground. 
ran aground two days ago, ran our jet boat aground. And I blame the wind for this because like when you're, you can run a jet boat in inches of water, you know, but you kind of rely when you're picking your course, you kind of rely on the way the, the water looks. You're looking for deep water, shallow water. And the wind was so severe, two things. The wind was so severe that it interrupted the surface activity on the river. Mm. It made everything look different. Because the wind's blowing up current and made and made so you couldn't like read the river right. And uh was trying to buy a fishing license for my wife. And I was convinced that she already had one. She was convinced she didn't have one. So I'm we're on the phone. I'm trying to like drive the boat down a very shallow river and be on the phone, like, no, hit that button. No, it's your birthday. You know, I know you go and all of a sudden, just dead. I mean, like ran aground. But nobody got thrown. No one got thrown. That's good. It was kind of a like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Everybody had to get out, dragging the boat around. It was just a gravel bar. Yeah. Ran up on a gravel bar. Scared the hell out of everybody. It was bad. And then, um, yeah, just like ho- generally horrible fishing. Uh, a dude, <laughs> a dude gave us a walleye. So we wound up with two because the guy gave us one. So a dude had caught one and didn't want to clean it, gave us that walleye. Then we caught our own and went home with two walleye. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's a very windy day. Camped out for the night. Uh. Big doings. Also joined by Casey Snyder. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Spelled real weird. Hey. You know, it's the American version of a German name. So S-N-I, that strong German I rather than a Y, which I, I think is Dutch technically. Yeah. So, and you're, you're currently, t- to give people your, tell people what you're up to. So I am in the state legislature back home in Utah. So I am from Cache Valley, represent the 5th District, the Fighting Five, as we like to call it in the <laughs> state legislature. And uh, last session, this last spring session, we ran a bill. Uh, to amend our state constitution to add the right to hunt and fish in our state. Join a bunch of states, including this one, and uh, make sure that that right, that opportunity is always protected in Utah. So that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. Yeah, and you're super involved in, one, you're in ag. Yep, we have we, we farm, we ranch, uh, we, we kind of dabble in everything. I'm, I, uh, I'm a man of many hats, I would say. So, including that John Deere one you got on right now. Absolutely. <laughs> all the way green all the way but yeah so we, we farm and ranch and then um in the legislature and also working on a phd in fire forestry and fire at utah state university that's sort of one of those ongoing things but that dovetails in with uh in the summertime we have a local department and i usually will go out for a m- couple months couple weeks and uh fight fire including this summer so there's what's a, there's your phd in fire what are you looking at so we're we're looking at Basically, better ways to predict fire in our state. So I'm working on a fire atlas, which would say, hey, when does this type of vegetation burn? How often and how big do the fires usually go? So basic uh, baseline data stuff. And then we're, we're going to look at some other topics relative to management. Um, do private lands in the state of Utah burn more often than federal lands or bigger? Those types of just, just basic questions. Let's see what's going on down there on a longer scale. So we'll see. It's one of those we're five years in. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully one day they'll call me doctor, but we'll see. So uh, just to, just to recap, you're in, you're like in your state legislator, legislature. Yep. yep. And you guys are in farm and you, you help operate a family ranch. Yep. And you fight fires. Summer times are busy at my house. And you're like enrolled in an academic program. Yep. 
Yeah, if if you don't sleep, you can get a lot done. I'll just say it. So you just so, stay up a lot. Yeah, you know, caffeine. You know what surprised me? Are you getting me? jealous, Steve? Uh, a little bit, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. It would keep you because with with that array, if something's not interesting that day, you just do something. Just work on a different thing. Yeah, yeah, and I could tell people what I am that day rather than you know. Uh, it, so maybe today I'll be the firefighter and tomorrow I'll be the farmer. You know, so that keeping it keeping it light, keeping it flexible. You know what surprised me recently about the fires? Um, I want to point out a commonality between between our two guests here. My sister-in-law, Juanita. There's a lot of differences and a lot of commonalities that I want to point out. You guys both are in livestock in some respects. Like, you guys have a large horse herd, Juanita. Juanita lives on on um, lives on a guest ranch over Missoula. And you guys keep a shitload of horses. Uh, yes, and so I was I was talking to Casey earlier. I was curious about his grazing management and you know. so uh And yeah. you guys are in the cattle business. Yep. Um and you guys both like are uh, fire obsessed. Cuz it could come really in and like wipe out cuz it could come wipe the program out. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think obsessed is a I'll take that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll say that's a good thing or meant as a good thing. Oh, it's encouraged, man. Like I I learned a thing that I didn't know recently is uh we had a big fire right here, mm-hmm. and we had friends lose their homes and stuff. And for a minute, we were kind of like on standby to see if we had to evacuate. And it was close to a hiking trail. And I'm running around telling everybody, "There's no way that someone flicked a cigarette. That's there was no weather." Then I learned that that a lightning strike can fester in the ground or in a tree. It was weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. They think that it was a lightning strike from weeks earlier. Like, how the hell does that happen? We've had that happen in our place with uh, burning in the fall and in the winter, and then it just goes to the duff and goes to the roots and then blows up uh, in March, April with spring wind, dry day. You, like, burning brush? And suddenly there's instant flame and burning I mean, Casey knows this. Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. You can have fires that'll last all winter under under the snow. Wake up in the spring. Oh, there it is again. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I this is kind of blew my mind because yeah. this is like in plain sight, man. That it must have just been living in this tree. Yep. And then erupted out of the ground. Uh, one time, I might have talked about this before, but I can't remember. But one time we were camping, hunting elk, and we'd started a fire, and it was at uh like on a ridge top with a lot of white bark pine. There's that deep, deep duff, you know? Mm-hmm. And you, like, dig down in that shit. You never quite hit, like, mineral soil. But you try to, whatever, make a fire. And we made a fire, put it out. Like, thoroughly put it out, I thought. A couple days later, still up hunting. I'm like, that's so weird that there's some dudes camped in that weird-ass spot where we are camped. Because it's not like a camp spot. Because I see smoke rising up. And I'm watching the smoke and, like, become more aware of the smoke and more turning around in my head. Like, what are the odds that two people would camp there and make a fire? And eventually we wander up there, and sure enough, man, it had burned down in the pine duff and popped up 10 feet away. And then we had to go in there and just excavate the hole. We had to take, like, an evening off hunting and excavate the whole damn area trying to put all of our fires out. Yeah, you know, I some of that stuff, I was on a fire, the Rice Ridge fire over in Sealy Lake three or four years ago, and we had 
I don't know, six pumps in series that were just running. And you'd wake up in the morning and you'd spray water on it pretty much all day and go home. The next morning you'd come up and it'd be smoldering again. That duff's, once it's got heat and especially some of this country, it, it'll it go a long time. So, you know, maybe that fire's still burning. Maybe there, have you been up there lately to check to see if that campfire's all the way <laughs> it's out? It's been about 20 years, yeah. so I, ho- I hope by now it's all the way out. <laughs> we, had another, we had another one that, uh, similar thing, it was in the snow. And it's tunneled away from us. And the reason you could see it is it got like steamy over in other areas where the fire traveled underground through the duff and then started melting up patches of snow to combust. Hmm. I've learned a lot of lessons since then. Uh, is this your first term doing the state deal? Yep. I'm, I'm coming out of the my first term running for my second. So, so you got a win coming up here. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes. And then how did it come to be, like, tell people what the, the, the program you're involved in or the bill you're trying to do with the, the right to hunt and fish. Like, what's that all about? So, uh, you know, if I'm not doing everything else, I guess you should say, I'm hunting and fishing. And that is a big part of who I am. And, you know, we were, we've been going back and forth on setting this up. I was up at elk camp all last week and happy not to respond to any emails or phone calls. Now, did you get an elk? I did. Yeah. A little five by six bull. This so. is down in Utah mm-hmm. with and, your bow. Uh, it is a lot easier to get them with your rifle. We'll just say that, but yeah. it's, it's dark timber up there, you know, on public land hunt. So it was, uh, I'm happy to have that, you know, that done, but, uh, that, that's something I've grown up in, done my whole life. And um, when I, I'm currently the head of what's called the Hunting and Fishing Caucus in our state legislature, and we've sort of been looking at uh, how do we preserve this legacy, this opportunity into the future. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what kind of pressures are going to be on our sport going forward. So if we could codify now when support is high for these types of activities for hunting and fishing, we could put that in our constitution, maybe down the road, if perceptions change or public opinion shifts, there's at least a higher threshold before those sort of activities could be eliminated or, or curtailed. So that was sort of the thinking behind things. But you know, it's common for people to say that, um, don't people always say it's a privilege? It's like a part of like what they teach in hunter safety and stuff. Well, I, I think that's the balance, right? Like it's like, a privilege and not a right. <laughs> I, I think the privilege comes in, it can be revoked, right? You don't follow the rules. You're not up to, uh, to current statute and doing things the right way, yeah, you could, that can be eliminated. But at a fundamental level, that fundamental right level, the opportunity to follow the law and to harvest something with your own hands, that's what we're trying to protect. Everything else is subject to statute, right, and to limitation by the Division of Wildlife Resources or our state legislature. But to be always guaranteed that if you're following the law, you can go hunt or fish for something in our state. That's That was the genesis and the impetus behind the whole thing. How many states have the protections? 13, I believe, right now. And, it, you know, some of this goes back, uh, clear back into the founding. So there are states back east. I believe it's Connecticut, if I remember right, or Vermont. Um, they're, you know, right as they're putting their state constitution together, boom, it was in there, the right to hunt and fish. And so we're we're kind of keeping up. A lot of the states around us have it. You guys have it here, Idaho. Uh, even California has the right to fish. Now they've, you know. Really? They didn't get the uh, They parsed it out, you know. so and Seriously? That's dead serious. And that's maybe some of the concern that we had when we ran it. You know, like, oh, they're already starting to say maybe this isn't. Huh, they ran good. a right to fish? You, you have a right to fish, but you don't have a right to hunt in California. So that, 
you know? So bow fishing is that in that gray area, right? Like, I don't know how that all works. So anyway, but yeah, so we're, we're just, you know, following great ideas and hopefully adding it to our state constitution. Voters have to obviously adopt it. So it has to By a simple majority. A simple majority. State legislature has to support it with two-thirds. So it passed in the House and Senate in our legislature with a two-thirds majority. And now it'll go to the people and it just has to, you know, 50 plus one. Okay. Let me, I got a whole bunch of questions about oh, this Oh, man. Now. So why – it didn't pass unanimously. No. Mm-mm. What was the argument against passing it? So – That it was unnecessary? Like what? Yes. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, it's like, well – of course, that's always going to be something. Why do, we don't need to elevate it to the level of a constitutional amendment. And, you know, I sort of make the argument that you do, and and history in our state would prove. So um, I don't know if you've talked about it here, but in, in Colorado right now, there's obviously a, there is a proposition to add wolves, to reintroduce wolves going on in the state of Colorado. Yeah, which has been made a moot point. Because they've since then, kind of while they've there. been haggling they're, over this, the wolves just showed up. On their own, yeah. So they're there now. But see, uh, in our state, you can't, by s- proposition without a two-thirds majority, make decisions relative to wildlife. So we passed a constitutional amendment that set that threshold. This is in the early 2000s. And when that ran through, everyone was like, well, this is crazy. Well, who, would e- who even cares, right? Why would you even want this to happen? And it was sort of this argument that it was unnecessary you fast forward 20 years and you look across the state line and you're like, huh, well, that's, they're kind of doing that now. Or you mean that people are putting like a very simple wildlife management decision that would normally be made by agencies appointed to make those kind of decisions. They're putting it like to a simple yeah. yay or nay, 51% vote. Taking science out of it and, and totally basing wildlife management on public opinion. And that was, again, sort of seen as unnecessary. And so you look at this amendment with that as context and you can say, you know, it's nice just to have this as a safeguard when you've got public opinion on your side. And it's nice to be able to guarantee in our state that right to hunt and fish because the majority of our population supports it now. We don't know where it'll be 10, 20, 30 years from now. Has any state ever tried to run one of these and lost? I think they have, yeah. I But I believe that if we've... Uh, all the states where it's passed with clear majorities, there's, there hasn't been any problems. And right now, there, there hasn't been any big pushback. All the major hook and bullet groups in our state are supporting us right now, and, and there's not any opposition to things. So I'm hoping we're going to, you know, smooth sailing and, and everything will be good. But, you know, I don't know. There's, not a, there's no organized opposition to no. a right to hunt and fish. No. And again, any of the, any of the concern comes down to wh- why do we need to do this and why are we doing it now? And that's a, you know, that's a pretty good argument that to, that's beatable. So we'll see how it goes. I am optimistic we're going to get it passed through. And, uh, and I'm, you know, one of those people that's going to benefit from it. So can you, can you try to identify a, like, what would be a thing that this could prevent from happening? Like, like, what would be an issue if you look at other states or some kind of other rule that's come down? What would be something that this would be beneficial in protecting from? So one of the provisions that's that's added to there, so we sort of put a box around this, right? We say subject to state rules and and a few other things. But one of the things that we we guarantee in this is that hunting and fishing will be the primary tool for managing wildlife populations. So if you look in back east in particular, where you've got a high density of white-tailed deer, for example, um, 
they're basically paying state agencies sometimes at night, sometimes with other means to to eliminate deer because they've got so many. Our amendment says hunting and fishing would do that. So if not only do you have the right to take, but you're saying the North American model is fundamental to this and hunters and anglers are always going to be the primary ones playing a role in how wildlife are managed in our state. So that's, for example, one real specific and and nuanced thing that hopefully this will uh, protect against going forward. Why don't you guys roll trapping into that? Uh, because we believe that that's covered under the statute. So it's harvest, take game, okay. you know, and I, I think that's covered without sort of the, the bigger fight that always occurs over that. I, I, so you guys chickened out, you uh, thought about uh, it and then chickened uh, out. Uh, come on, <laughs> come on. No, I, I think if you, if you're harvesting wildlife, it's covered. Right. And there's always that public perception, public opinion drives everything. And while I love to trap that's something I grew up doing, mostly bobcats and beavers. There is a pretty strong anti-sentiment with that. So if you can cover that and preserve that right with basically harvest, why have the fight? Well, I mean, there's enough fighting in politics as it is. So if we can we can achieve the same objective without sticking it in somebody's eye, let's do that. Without calling it out. Yeah. Now, would it prevent, let's just say, if you're following in the the tracks of California, like yeah. they've lost the uh, the right or ability to use hounds, right? Yeah. So when it's when something like that comes up, when they're like, well, you can still hunt, but you can't do it this way anymore. How does that work? You know, I'm, I'm, that's still, that honestly, that discretion still applies. Like, so we're not eliminating the, the divisions making rules and regulations. That's, it's all subject to that. But what it would say is maybe you can't use dogs or, you know, there's already rules over dogs or bait or whatever mm-hmm. on, on different bears and lions. But the ability, it would, what it would guarantee is that you could still harvest bear, right? As long as populations are such and you meet objectives and all those types of things. So it's, that's the root of it. The, the, there will always be that debate, and I think it's necessary and prudent, right, about means and methods. I think that's a, a natural part of, of our sport, and I think that has to be part of it. But what we're trying to do is is prevent it from being eliminated wholly as an option. So. Which is that, – that's what people argue when they argue the death by a thousand cuts yeah. thing. I mean, everybody likes to – poke fun at California when it comes to death by a thousand cuts. Well, because it's easy, right? It is it is easy to poke fun at California. Yeah, I had a guy, like a very high-ranking, yeah, it's a national hobby to poke fun at California, <laughs> if, if that's where you're going, but yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. had a very high-ranking person in California's wildlife department predict to me, and he made this prediction a long time ago, years ago, he predicted me, he said, uh, we will lose bow hunting next through referendum. And he put it that he said, I think in 25 years, it'll all be gone. Hmm. Uh, If you look at – in California, they did like method to take stuff on mountain lions, okay? But eventually just got rid of mountain lion – any mountain lion harvest at all by hunters. It's all done now by – it's all done now by the state. I mean, they're still they're still under damage permits, killing several hundred of them a year. They, they're still they're killing, killing the exact same amount. They're killing the state and agents are killing about as many as hunters used to. But they removed methods before eventually getting around to the thing. In trapping, like got rid of trapping, and then went to a thing to be that you can't sell fur. Hmm. 
So what I'd be more interested in is like a piece of protection, um, or I wish that that the protections you could measure more against the death by a thousand cuts thing. Uh, one frustration I have with conservation groups, especially ones that uh, a frustration I have with conservation groups that focus on um, habitat issues, uh, which are very important access issues, is they oftentimes don't like to get embroiled in the method of take arguments. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, there was a thing in this state that was, you want to talk about like death by a thousand cuts, like the level of specificity. It was no trapping, not no trapping, but no trapping on public land hmm. to try to narrow it down to like a little thing that you think you could get. They're like, what's the, what's something we could get away with? It got clobbered. It got clobbered. They didn't pass it. But it was like so fine-tuned to try to make some progress toward getting rid of hunting, trapping, whatever. Yeah. In Maine, it was uh, – there was a thing a couple years ago in Maine. I think it was getting rid of bait for bears, getting rid of hounds for bears. And people would point out, well, that's the only way people – like in, in thick, flat country, that's the only way people get bears. So you're effectively ending 90-some percent of the bear harvest, but you're not coming out and saying that you're trying to make it an issue about dogs and bait, but we see what you're really driving after. So it would be cool if, the prote- if, you, if we could make protections that helped also prevent the, the like just whittling away at people's stuff. I've never heard in California that the thing has gone anywhere to like ban bow hunting, but this guy had it laid out, like how it would be approached, how it would be won. Well, and I, I think that goes to the the broader point as hunters and anglers, we've got to be involved, right? Like there's at, at my level, there is literally only so much I can do. And we've, I think we've done that and sort of set the table and set the a pretty high uh, threshold and set a pretty strong burden of proof. But if, if you like to hunt and fish and you're not involved in the political process, it's going to be involved for you without you. And so that's sort of, I think, I know we're kind of coming off topic a little bit here, but if, if you appreciate these opportunities, you better support them the whole way. And that's through initiatives. That's the ballot box. Heck, if you like to hunt and fish, uh, maybe you ought to even run for office. You know what ruins hunting and fishing for me? Political service. Yeah, it's it's not getting ready for the legislative session in January really screws up my duck hunt. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> but, you know, I believe in this stuff and it's important to me and I'm willing to step up. And I think as as folks like to do that, we've got to be willing to make that sacrifice on the front end so that this legacy and this heritage is there for our kids. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, meaning you put them on, they feel great. Little or no break in, period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, they're direct to consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket just ask my buddy chili 
who's been slipping around in his Tacova boots talking about how great he feels in them. He loves them. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable. They're very fashionable. And I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go around Bozeman. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. I, for one, use it on all of my outboard engines up in Alaska every year. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out, There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. When the states go to do the right to hunt and fish thing, is there like a is there like a plan, like a little package they send you to do it in your own state? You know, what I mean, how did it come to be that that it that it came on your radar? Well, so actually, I had a buddy that um, had done some research work as part of a master's degree, and was just sort of compiling data. He's like, "Hey, we don't have one of these. This ought to be a good thing," you know. And then I started reaching out to the various conservation groups and said, Hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, everybody jumped up and down. You, you want to hear a really interesting committee hearing I, politics is largely boring unless somebody says something stupid. I think that's sort of the norm, but in our legislature and the committee where this bill was presented, when we put this forth, we had like half the room in tears. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my whole political career. The chairman is crying saying, 
I'm going to protect this opportunity for my daughter. Like this like is for amazing. real tears, for real tears. Like I'm like, I'm sitting there presenting on my bill and thinking, Oh, I, I think I got pretty strong support in here. Cause he's crying <laughs> and he's crying and everybody's telling stories about the bull that came off the mountain, you know, and their daughter's first deer and those types of things. So, uh, you know, that it, it was a good idea that obviously had a lot of support and a lot of political and emotional support and we've run the whole way with it so has have you gotten any well articulated um like any well articulated opposition to it no no i mean there there are opinions out there and i i would say that the um when folks are saying is this really necessary i mean i they use good words and correct grammar so i think you could classify it as well articulated i just don't think it's compelling and that maybe that's the difference so I, I think we're going to be okay. You know, fingers crossed. Hopefully the voters in the state of Utah make the right choice. Are those folks, are those opinions coming from people like, uh, or groups like PETA? Or is it just random people that are actually saying, oh, really? Why Why now? I think it's more random. Yeah. E- you know, even um, some of our large groups, Humane Society and, and PETA, like you mentioned, that maybe would sort of be a catalyst for opposition. They, they've largely said, no, it's, you know, not a big deal. So at least publicly, and that's how they're behaving so far. And, you know, our ballots are coming out this week back home. I'm assuming that you guys are getting yours here too for mail-in. So, and Yanni just got his. Oh, man. Uh, you know, so we're, we're only, what, a couple of weeks, a couple, three weeks before the election. So I think, you know, I think we're going to be okay, but you never know. So we'll, that's why I am so happy to be here today. And, and hopefully all the listeners in Utah will be convinced by the compelling argument that I have made on this podcast. Well, I think, I, yeah, I think you probably were going to lose it, but now you're going to win. <laughs> we'll we'll what, chalk it up to media right, what, here, right now. What exactly does it say? Uh, it, it's, I mean, I can't regurgitate it verbatim because it's fairly long, but it's basically the right to hunt and fish will be preserved subject to da 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 And when you, go in, when you normally go in and do a referendum thing, like I'm always guilty of, uh, I'm actually going to touch on this later because I have to talk about my, my sister-in-law, Juanita Moore. But um, I'm guilty of, as I get down to the, the to the tail end of my ballot, Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm finding out about things I wasn't aware of. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, home at what? I have that feeling a lot. Yeah. And it'll be like a, 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 a what do you call them? Uh, like some new, th- like very complex, like tobacco taxation issue, right? Yeah, I'm like, it seems like there's always this levies. There? <laughs> yeah, levies. that's, that's what like, I'm looking for. Levies. There's how can there be 20 levies that I have to think about right now? Yeah, and I'm torn between. I'm, I always get torn between. Um, I could sit it out because I, which is really the responsible thing to do because I have no idea what it's talking about, or I could try to like read real quick and make like a snap judgment in order to weigh in. But I feel like I'm just not educated on the issue and then they have these ballot supplements right and the the, the each side gets to like agree on a pro con and it's sort of like everybody agrees that it's a fair synopsis of the issue what did you guys have to go through that process like what's the what's the what's the the why not in the ballot supplement uh yeah so uh maybe we're not as cordial back home like i i got to present my opinion they got to present theirs, but we didn't like compare notes and say, Oh, hey, I could are, be totally wrong. You, you about know, I, But they're always very, <laughs> I, I feel that they're, um, 
they're very me- I, I should say that they're very measured. Yeah. Like yeah. it seems like someone is in there because you wouldn't be able to be in there like, you know, those little flyers you get for candidates. He loves China and hates America. <laughs> right. Like that wouldn't be in that wouldn't be in the right. right. They would find another way to articulate it. You right. know, he hates babies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I we, we have that same thing, you know, and I, I do need to say I am grateful that you, you didn't have like a third method, which is like any, meeny, miny, mo. So that's, you know, that means you are an informed voter. At well, least I, I, might, I might be, be guilty. I might be guilty uh, that know. now. And then. <laughs> well, last time I chose C, I'll go D. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be predictable. Uh, you know, you know, so I, I, We'll just pretend that you're, you know, A and B are your only options. But um, we do have that as a smidgen. But I, I'm, I'm hoping like before this podcast, you probably didn't know anything about this hunt, right to hunt and fish in the state of Utah. But what, what does your heart tell you? You know, what, do, what do you believe? And I'm hoping that there's that little moment in time in the, in the ballot box or at the kitchen table when you're filling your circles. It's just a feel good. You know what? Boom, and we're gonna go with that. That's my hope. There is going to be obviously this and some other sort of orchestrated, like, here's get out the vote and let's make sure we're supporting this. But at a fundamental level in my state, that's something I think we still cherish, that heritage, that opportunity. So I think that's going to pick up people, you know, or we roll the dice with <laughs> A, B, or C. So anyway, we'll we'll see how it goes. Do you Are, are you a career politician? Were you going to say something, Juanita? I was just going to ask. So the language is really clear on your ballot, right? What's Is there a number associated with this? Like, we need to advertise this. Uh, I think... Gosh, I think we're G. So, like, we're down to the whole... Like, where I start zoning out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's like, you know, I, I shot for A and I didn't get it. But there's four or five on the ballot um, otherwise. Um, but, yeah, I, I... But for a sleepy voter, or for Steve, um, cruising through to the bottom of his ballot, the language is very clear about oh, yeah. what this the, is. The right to hunt and fish. Boom. And you'll see that. Just hunt it down. Hunt it down. And and love America and the great state of Utah and support that amendment. That's kind of what we're going for. What else throws me on the ballots is when you get down to the part where you're like voting for a judge, but it doesn't oh, seem man. there's anyone running against them. Yeah. Then I'm always torn too. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's not anybody running against them. Uh, see, I might as well make them uh, feel good and write their name down. <laughs> uh, see, but here's here's the thing. At that point, it you're not responsible. Like all those people who were who could have ran for judge and didn't. That's where the blame is. So you you just go with what you've got before you. That that whole who screwed up isn't you in the ballot box at that point. It's whoever you know didn't step up and run, or or maybe it really is just a good judge. So don't 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 harbor any guilt on that. That's all I'm trying to say. Like he's so I'm, just like Im- has such an impeccable career he or she that there's <laughs> yeah. just no one could even yeah. remotely challenge. Yeah, him. that one that one's not on you. Just go with it. Just go with it. Do you, do you imagine you're going to become a career politician? Oh man, I hope not. You have everybody. Listen, no, listen. Don't do the false no, modesty, no, no. false bashful no, shit. Here, Every the, politician says that. Here, oh, I'll tell you one that didn't, um, though. I think. I remember we had uh, Wyoming's former governor. We talked about him a minute ago. Matt Mead was on the show once. Yeah. And he was terming out as governor. And I was like, so what are you going to do next? He's like, nothing. I'm, I'm done doing politics. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. This is like a, it'll be like a week and you'll be. But I think he actually meant it. Like, he quit. He's done. He's Unless done. he pops up. I mean, I was like, I thought it was, he was doing the old, like, you know, act like keeping a secret or whatever. But it seems like he just full on stopped. He was Went back done. to ranching. He's done. That's my dream. You know, just a full on stop. I, I want my, if, if my place could be fully productive and my ranch 
running. That's what I want at the end of all this. Like, so my wife and I bought our place. It's not inherited. We didn't come. We both grew up in it, but bought our own place. Uh, that to me is more important, you know, and I've got a couple of I don't of know kids. how people pull that off, man. Oh man. It's, it's, uh, I think I like to gamble, but I don't, we, gamble's not really legal. It's not legal in the state of Utah. So I think farming sort of supplements that uh, itch. Uh, but yeah, so that that's for me the big thing. You know, I, I'm happy to serve. I actually, before I, I ran for office, I I made the poor life decisions of working as a staffer in politics. So I worked in DC for a little while. And, and uh, when this seat that I currently hold came open, it was like, well, I, I think I could help out. I kind of have been through this mess before. Maybe I can do a few things, but I, you know, I'd like to do a few terms and then if there's something else, whatever, but my preference would be farming, hunting and fishing, because this really screws up with the things that I like to do. <laughs> how, ma- how many of how many of you are there? How many people around the state? In what? The state well, legislature. Well, well, like Let, me? I have such like, a hard time. Uh, no, in the, so like, I, there's I, only I think, one Casey Snyder, if that's what you're asking. No, there's, I, I, there's only one. I'm trying, like, let me put it in national terms real quick first, so that people understand or help me and the listener to understand. Like, we all know that, you, you know, we have, what, whatever, 364, yeah. whatever the hell it is, Congress, congressmen, congresswomen in Washington, D.C. that represent the country. Mm-hmm. And we have 100 senators, two from each state. You could have a state, like, all states get two, but a lot of states you might only have one representative, or the state might, like, like have 20, depending on population and sure. land mass, I think. But then you have your state version. Right. And it's a way different job. It's way better. It's way. Better. I get to go home at night, and I only have to do this for a couple months. Yeah, and then, but I didn't realize it's it's like it's not quite, but like is almost sort of a voluntary. Yeah, like you guys aren't like raking it in. I I only get paid January, February, and part of March when I'm there, and so everything else is sort of on my my dime. Uh, and even then, when you're down there, it's like well, you know. Probably could stay home and make more money, but <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a peer form of politics. The state, yeah, the, the, at the to to serve at the state level. But but I actually think that's a good thing, you know. So so it puts the it changes the incentives, right? So maybe in D.C., if if I'm going to go make 150k, heck yeah, I'll run for Congress, right? Or I'll be a senator, and then you know, see what happens in the legislature. Where in our capital, when you're making like ten or twelve thousand dollars a year, and you got to do this. I bet this takes at least 30 hours a week for me. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to do it because you legitimately feel like it's service. You know, like I'm I'm not getting rich and and frankly I doubt I'm going anywhere after this. So it's it's literally a chance for me to go and say, "Hey neighbors, what's important to you? How can I how can I impact this in a positive way?" You know, and and I think that trickles down like how much Look at a county commissioner. Look at a mayor. Look at a city council person. Right, like those. You're are looking s- at a county commissioner. See, that's what I'm saying. Like that's <laughs> that's service, right? Like, and 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 proof of that is what what what's your incentive at the end of this? No, it's like I feel like I can make a positive impact on my community. I'm going to step up and do my time. Uh, at the end of this, nobody's going to know my name. I I call down the city offices. I represent about seven towns in my little valley. Yeah, how many people do you represent? Uh, about thirty five thousand. Oh, people. so that's a sizable yeah, number. No, decent size, but I'll call the the city office. You have that many constituents. Hey, and they all love me. I'm oh. sure. <laughs> uh, but see, I'll call the city office and I'll say, "Hey, this is Casey Snyder. I'd like to rent a room for the afternoon to have a town hall, or you know, just talk to some people." And they'll be like, "Okay." Who are you? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that is perfect. I love that. Cause then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm nobody, but can I borrow the room for the night? So do you get, um, do you get people in your 
constituency are super pissed at you all the time? Um, w- well, there are people. Clearly, they're not a majority because I'm still here, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I, uh, I actually have a file um, in my inbox where, like, I people are super creative when they they're insulting you, like. Some people, it's it is amazing. I'm like, gosh, I wish I was that smart when I was mad. I I file it away <laughs> and I read it back to myself. You know, like I'm like, gosh, that whenever I'm really pissed at somebody, I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna use email A and all the phrases that were thrown at me. That's yeah. that's. So yeah, yeah, I I torque a few people off. Sure, I think it's part of the deal. And you get you get dragged into stuff um, that you probably don't have any background in, though. Uh. Yeah, you know, I I think there's look, I I know where my lane is. Like if you ask me about cows or hunting and fishing or you know, natural resources generally, yeah, I think I can articulate an answer, but you know, you put me on some of these social issues and like urban housing, it's like I I I live on a farm. Like how am I supposed to know what good state policy is for high density housing, you know? So I it yeah, I, that happens. What do you do in those cases? You know, I I call an expert, you know, what, do you, yeah. what what like the you you find a constituent who's in, uh, got background in it, you know, you you do your research and you hope you make an educated and informed decision when it's your time to vote. The one thing with the legislature or in in city government or county government in any form is like you got to vote. Like it's yes or no on this and and you may not be all the way prepared, but you know, you can't chicken out. Like, <laughs> put up and sh- or shut up, kind of a deal. You're there. Yeah. Well, everybody, other people in the exact same situation. You could have someone in your state, someone coming out of a maybe has a background in urban development, and they're weighing in on ag issues. Yeah. And yeah. no one would, no one like thinks to question, right? Well, you know, I think all of us have a a good sense for. Um, well, I'm. I grew up in agriculture, so I have a master's degree in both. I don't know if I can say it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, but I think everybody kind of knows, right? Like if if you're an expert matter, and you you get somebody from downtown telling you how to, you know, commenting on an ag bill, like somebody with a John Deere hat might step up and say, "All right, folks, let let's tell it to you straight." And you know, the same thing happens on my end. If I'm totally out in left field on something, I have no business or no idea weighing into, like somebody's going to call you out. And so that's the balance. Like make informed decision, make, come up, do your homework, be, be educated on an issue, but don't just make crap up. Like that's, that's poor policy. Do you think there's any, um, what do you think would happen if someone tried to do a right to hunt and fish bill for the, the U.S.? Oh man. I don't know. Listen. I, bet, I, don't, I, I can't uh, picture if it would, I bet it wouldn't pass. You know what the most, I don't know. You no. know what the most wonderful thing about being in the state legislature is? I don't really care what happens in DC yeah, anymore. <laughs> you know, like that world's so screwed up and upside down right now. Like I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I'll, you know what's going to pass though? The right to hunt and fish in the state of Utah. That's what's going to happen there. Coming so, up in yeah. a few days, uh, thirty days, just, whatever, thirty-four days, just right around the corner. Uh, I had this guy telling us one time. There's this this historian um, I'm friends with that studies like demographics and perceptions of hunting and the way hunting gets covered in the media and newspapers and things. And and he was explaining to me that depending on how you word it, okay, you can word it approval of hunting and fishing to Americans in a way that there's overwhelming approval. Mm-hmm. So it, it, basically to the effect of if you go to Americans and you say um, – do you support like 
regulated hunting and fishing informed by, you know, bi- biological input about whatever, okay, and really soup it up. Yeah. Lay the whole thing out. Support of hunting actually is higher now than it was in the 80s. The minute you put any particular to it, it starts to fall apart. Man. What? Any like any little detail, the, the minute you add a detail, like, um, you know, whatever, you go like, do you support, you know, hunting deer with a bow? All of a sudden it's just like, it just goes off. Like people are sort of, they're like, yeah, I get it at a high level. I get it. But don't, I don't, I don't like the little nitty gritties. I don't like, like things that spell out like what exactly I'm saying I support. Hmm. Why didn't we have this conversation before I ran my amendment? You know, like how do how do I know if uh, if through the eyes of history this is I wrote the right thing down on the ballot? We, we should have talked before I you know went to all that trouble. I think you should have gone crazy, crazy strict <laughs> because in your state you got to strike while the iron's hot, <laughs> and like you have a state that has that like is very I, I would uh, from a distance I would say it's like very supportive. Yeah, we're red. We're, we're very, very supportive concerned. of hunting and fishing rights. Yeah. Very supportive of gun rights, right? So I would be doing crazy stuff right now. Oh, man. To lock it in. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd have a trapping bill, man. You, uh, you know, I uh, the legislative session starting here at the end of January. If you want to talk about any particular, Dude, I'm going to move down there and run, man. Oh, hey. What do you guys make? 200 uh, grand? Uh, <laughs> you know, you might want to take a lot of zeros off of that. But you'll, you know, go with that. <laughs> uh Again, how many state legislators legis, – why can't I say this word? What you, it's a legislator. Legis, I'm a legislator. Who serving in the, the legislature. Leg, yes. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. So how many of us are there? In, yeah. down, I think there are 104. So and that's senators and, and uh, representatives. So I'm, I'm just a lowly representative. I'm not a, you know, a mighty senator like they, across the hall over there. But, you know. And your term's up. You just finished your first term. Yep. Yep. Did anybody challenge you in the first time? So uh, I had a, an opponent in – so I'm a Republican. I had a Democratic opponent. Um, I have another Democratic opponent this fall. Um, the gal who ran against me last last fall, is she's awesome. Uh, she's a really great lady. She's actually the Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor. Okay. On our ticket. Um, so you guys didn't go into smear. You guys gosh, didn't do smear she, politics. She's awesome, you know. And I, I and <laughs> did I, you campaign for her? <laughs> look, she probably, you know, it, it, it's a toss up who'd have done a better job. Clearly, we believe in different things. She's a lot nicer than I am, I'm sure. Um, but we we had a great race. I I won about seventy five percent of the vote down there. So we're my little part of the world's uh, very conservative. Um, I have another lady who's running against me this year and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic we'll be okay, but either way, I, the way I like to do things back home and in Cache Valley where I'm from is, you know, we, look, we've got to get along and I, I clearly have a set of things I believe in, but I think there's, there's good people and good ideas in the whole world. And I, I, I feel like, um, one of the things that I did in my last race, I don't know if you want to go off on this tangent, it's a little bit of a tangent. No, if it has to do with, um, uh, this is like the get out the vote episode. Yeah, man. let's just yeah, let's go. And yeah. I think it's maybe you if know, it has to do with how partisan politics is ripping the country apart, <laughs> yeah. but then someone can point to an area where it's not. That's great. Okay, we'll go with that. Where the world's where the whole country's not going to burn alive and yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, you know. So one of the things that was really important to me was that it's you know in the face of what I think is uh, 
we should all be embarrassed about where the state of our current fed national politics are. We should all legitimately be embarrassed. And so when I ran last session, I, I actually wrote an editorial that basically said, this, the person running against me is a great person. <laughs> and you look at all the stuff that she's done. She's done a fabulous job. She, she pushed for some propositions that passed and they were, they were, um, fundamentally motivated because she lost, it was on healthcare and she lost her mother to cancer and watched that happen and watched all the money she had to spend. So she was advocating from a real position Yeah, and I she got did you. a really good job. And we may have differed on the particulars, but she was sincere in her beliefs. And that's what I articulated. And I said, look, we're, she's a good person. We just have a different, a fundamental different view on some key issues. And that's the difference. And like, why can't we just talk about these differences or, or heaven forbid, find ways to wade through those differences in a way that's going to be beneficial to the, to our whole community, you know? And that's, I, I feel like we've stepped up and done that in our little part of the world. I don't believe at a fundamental level, politics has to be a zero sum game. I think we let it be that way. And I think we're letting national leaders create this narrative that it's us against them. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think it has to be that way. I think you can literally stand on your principles and say, look, the, this person, I do not disagree or I do not agree with them on all these issues. There's probably a whole bunch we do. There's probably a whole bunch we don't. But that doesn't change who they are as a person. I think we got to get past where we're at now. So if you're getting out to vote or you're supporting a candidate or whatever you're doing, like, let's in your own neighborhood, in your own way, and you know, county council or whatever you're doing, I let's push that debate. That that's a groundswell I'd like to see, is is where we start treating each other like Americans, like people, and just have debates about issues, not about. Right now, all we do is have fights about who we are. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a waste of everybody's time. Do you have kids? I do. How old are they? I have a six year old and a six month old. Oh, okay, so little little guys. The thing I've been a little bit struggling. Um, in conversation with my kids is if you're like, I might be dismissive about a viewpoint that someone else would hold yeah. or in conversation and they pick up on it. Uh, I now am oftentimes like when some, some issue comes up, I'm oftentimes trying to explain to them. I'm like that person believes what they believe with the same level of passion yeah. that like you believe what you believe, like you have to try to like get in this mindset of like, when you don't agree with someone, they're coming from something that feels as real to them. And it's not, and you can't always just have it be that they're dumb and wrong. Right. Right. I mean, that's the like, lazy way. It's yeah. a way bigger thing than that. They're like, they're dumb and wrong. They're telling you something that fundamentally they know they would tell you, they know inside and out. And they've thought it, they've approached it every possible way and have come to this decision. Yeah. Weirdly, we got into this most recently around, and this was like, I almost hesitate to bring this up. I'll, I'll throw this out. We don't need to talk about it. We were talking about the 9-11 hijackers. Mm. To get to like, to get into, um, if if you had somehow been able to like converse with those individuals, their articulation of what they thought they were doing and what they thought they were trying to accomplish, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to approach it, but they would have something that they would tell you that they had arrived at. And like the key and even understanding something that's just like an absolute, what, what we would argue is like absolutely evil, absolutely wrong. The antithesis of everything we believe in, 
everything we stand for, there would still be deep down there some like explanation that that person held and you're never going to combat it or understand it without like taking the time to like, like to try to at least understand where someone's coming from. Yeah. If not, it's just like you, you don't, you, you wind up with a sort of a superficial understanding of even the people you disagree with. Like with me, like, like for instance, if I'm a, uh, in an engagement with someone who, let's say someone who opposes the right to hunt and fish, you know, how would I ever be equipped to combat that if I didn't never ask, like, what exactly? I'd be like, oh, they just don't want us to have fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Are you really going to get anywhere? No. Well, and I think it's it's how much easier it is to say you're evil or you're bad. I mean, let, extreme examples aside, let just... What? That was a horrible example because it's so. But <laughs> we'll go it, into a narrow space about hunting and fishing. Yeah, right? but like, I, w- I want to talk about my example. Oh man, I, I don't, don't want to go deep, but I say it's a horrible example. It's an extreme example, but I think in that case, being I, I, I like it came up through. I don't want to bore you with how the subject came up at dinner. This is with your kids. They because they how, know about because they had been they had been to the site. Well, this is my ten year old. Oh, all right. They know, man. They are, sounds like they're pretty well informed kids. Well, I mean, the older one knows that that was a thing that, I mean, at this yeah, point, like yeah. people know that that happened one day. Sure. And uh, it's an extreme example, but it's like with kids, you sometimes have to have extreme examples. Yeah. It came up. Yeah. And it's it's a lot easier to just say this, you know, I, I, this this person, they disagree with my right to hunt and fish. They're, they're dumb. They're evil. They're stupid. You know, like how much easier is that to say than... You know, they, they have an opinion and it's probably based on experience or fundamental belief in whatever they believe in. And, you know, I mean, some of this stuff, majority rules, right? That's kind of the, the, or how our systems take in, take shape and how it runs anyway. So 51% wins. And so 49% can have a strong opinion and they're probably going to lose to the majority, right? Like that's just, that's the sad part of politics. But the other side of that is in how you debate and how you engage. That's the part you can control. You can still advocate strongly for your position, whatever it is, and push for your belief, whatever it is, but you don't have to do it at the expense of somebody else's opinions. And that's, I think, where we should all shift fundamentally as a, as a country. But A buddy of mine the other day sent me a text exchange he was having with someone from PETA. And I'm reading through the text exchange, oh, and it winds up toward the end, it takes on this tone of like, Really, we're talking about the same thing. Like, it's surprising <laughs> how much we sort of care about the, you know, and like that from engagement. Yeah. That from being like, okay, now, uh, w- what exactly, like, what's the problem? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think. And instead of like, not not all the, you know, just like a debate. Right. I run into it all the time. Like, when you hear from people, if if we get notes from people who are just mad, right? They're just mad. Oftentimes, even opening up, even creating the feeling that there's a conversation, people get, uh, the stress level goes down in correspondence with people. I, I, I believe, you know what one of my favorite things to do is? So if I get a really, let's, let's say I get an email that's real, is is nasty and mean, but not creative, right? So I can't file it away to use later, but it's just, I could tell these people are torqued off at me. I will find them, not in a creepy way, right? But like with the Google, whatever, use the, use the white pages. I, 
I will go and find out where they live and I'll just knock on the door and be like, hi, I'm Casey Snyder. We've actually never met in person before, but we've, you know, had correspondence through email. Let me hear your concern. And I've had, you would be shocked, like the, the most angry, ardent person through whatever form of communication, when you're there face to face and just being like, tell me what's on your mind, they'll go. And, they'll, and half the time it's like looking down at their feet and like, you know, I was just a little upset and it was late at night, you know, and whatever. But it's just that conversation. It's just talking to people. You'll figure it out. So I don't That know. stuff does give me hope, man. Yeah, it should. That when all this, ugh, whatever this is. Yeah. COVID's made it bad too. Everybody's cooped inside going crazy. So your mind runs away with you, man. Yeah. I was talking about this the other day is that all I hear about is how we're all going to kill each other and hate each other. But then when I go about my day, I just have like, like really like positive, inf- like I don't understand. <laughs> like, how could I still be getting away with having really positive interactions? Yeah. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like, I just go through, like, I just run into people, I don't know, some dude at the boat launch. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey. <laughs> you want a wall? Yeah, man. <laughs> How is that possible? It'll get there. It'll get there. We didn't even, like, fight about anything. Yeah, you know. I, I, I think politics is terrible. People are good, fundamentally. And uh, I think we'll get there. Let, let the cameras come off of whatever's happening over there. That's why I say I don't even care about that. I'll just focus on what I could control back home. But let the cameras come off. I think fundamentally we all like each other, even if we're like really, really mad at each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think anyway. We'll see. I could be wrong. I was reading, I can't remember who it was, a, a person in healthcare policy predicting that one COVID ends. I don't know if they're just saying this because it's wishful thinking, but there's going to be sort of this, uh, that this sort of collective hug and niceness. <laughs> well, let's go with that, man. Let's go. With I was that. like, I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it too. You know, we had a little glimmer of that back home. So our cases were pretty low and our County decided to have the County fair. You know, and, uh. and it was just, we're still going to go forward with it. And I mean, in person, in person. Yeah. Yeah. We still, we, in Cache County, we still had the fair and the rodeo and everything else. And there was no spike, you know, at the end of it, everything. No changes. No so changes. Just Science regular was good. fair. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we didn't let the carnies in. So, you know, the, 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 <laughs> there was no fairs and stuff. So that was a change. But, you know, like it, it was the fair. I love the fair. I can't. It felt like I wanted, I walked around the fair. I'm like, just the fact that we had the fair, I, I kind of wanted to give people a hug. Just be like, you know, what? it's so good to see you. Oh, like, yeah. This is like kind of normal. So I think your, I think your health buddy's right. You know, if, if my little fair was any indication about like peace and love because we had a little bit of normalcy, I, I think, uh, let's go with that. Let's say he's going to be right. So. I fear that we'll forget how to do it. <laughs> Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you go, like, that will forget, like, how to just go be around people? Uh, but, forget how to enjoy a live concert? Yeah, like, Dance. whatever. Like, <laughs> you'd go into a bar and not be like, why is this dude, like, breathing on me? Or, you know, like, I don't, like, I don't even go into places. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do, like, extra stuff. I do the things that I deem kind of necessary, but I don't do, um, yeah, I don't do a lot things. of, like, extra exposure stuff. I think we're just Because I don't do want to have to go, I don't want to have to have someone call me. 
and tell me I got to lay low for two weeks <laughs> in my house. Yeah. I, I think That's like what I'm worried about. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. It's like, I mean, you know, the, the cliche is ride a bike, right? Like, I think it's a lot easier just to be nice than it is to ride a bike. I think you'll be all right. I I, I think you won't, you'll, that fist bump will come right back. Yeah. Like you You'll be beyond forgot. all right. You'll do it with so much more exuberance. It's <laughs> like if you hadn't ridden a bike for two years and you get on one, you're like, oh, this is fun. Remember yeah. this? Pedal, pedal, pedal. Stand up. Woo! Yeah, be like, it feels so good to have this drunken man <laughs> spitting into my face. I don't know where you're going <laughs> when, when this COVID thing's over. We might be at different places. <laughs> this festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, meaning you put them on, they feel great. Little or no break-in, period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Just ask my buddy Chili who's been slipping around in his Tacova boots talking about how great he feels in them. He loves them. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable. They're very fashionable. And I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go around Bozeman. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. I, for one, use it on all of my outboard engines up in Alaska every year. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle. Heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood 
in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. All right, so uh, turn our attention now to the, 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 the... I don't know if you realize this is a very bipartisan affair. Because Juanita's a um, uh, county commissioner who's a D. But it's a county commissioner, so I think... Yeah, I different think, state, too. You guys aren't in competition with one another. Well, but, hey, and I think Casey friends. and I have, yeah, I think our values probably align. Oh, I want to tell, I I tell everybody a couple things, because here's my primary issue uh, with, I, I, I approach this different ways with Juanita's upcoming election. One was that I would just tell people, because it's in Missoula County. How many people live in Missoula County? Our census hasn't been done yet, but 119,000 maybe. Ooh, that's a sizable constituency. Really? Second largest county in Montana. We're kind of a big deal. Billings is number one. Yep. Okay. Or Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Uh, I thought about taking this two different approaches. I was going to tell people, it doesn't matter anything about any detail about Juanita, it doesn't matter. Just go down the ballot, get to the bottom, mid, probably mid-range, I don't know where they're putting it. Probably down. Down way low. Go down there, look for Juanita. No, look for Vero. Vote Vero. Use alliteration. Oh, vote Vero. Go down to the bottom, find Vero, and just check it. Under the assumption that most people who vote in Missoula County aren't getting that far on the ballot. Nothing against Missoula, but I just know from my own habits, I often, like I said, I peter out toward the end. Like, you get there, it's like, oh, my God, the president, senators. Like, you're all excited. And then, you, you know, a lot of people just kind of leave it off, right? What do you think of this strategy? So I wanted to do where I just told people to go find Juanita. The details didn't matter. Nothing about her mattered. Just find her as a favor to me. Vote Vero. Check the box. But then I came around and I thought that, that I wanted to share like greater detail. Fantastic. Juanita lives in, I don't know what, what you call your house. Juanita lives where you, you, she lives on the ranch where she was born. That's a, the, I was a month old. My my folks were working on a, another ranch for a year before they came back to the ranch. Okay, so, but your so grandfather lived there. Oh, for sure, and my great grandfather. Okay, so she lives where her great grandfather lived, all right on the county. Yep. Okay, same county. She lives where her great grandfather lived. Her grandfather lives, and you were born on some other ranch, but then moved there for a month, and you live in kind of like a. I don't like a cat. I don't know what the hell. What do you what do you tell people you live in? My great grandmother's with a great many bats. My, my, my great grandmother's <laughs> cabin with a lot of bats. Yeah. Yeah. Not far from Rice Ridge where you where you were in Sealy Lake. Juanita's her property, which it's like Juanita's family like wholly owns the property, but the property where you live um is in the block management program. It is one of one of the early early block management. My grandfather was was part of of bringing that to the the western part of the the state. Is that right? I think block management. Yana, you can check this. I think block management started on the eastern side first in Montana, but came over to the west side. So my 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 we had problems. The story goes, oral tradition goes, we had problems with people cutting our fences, trespassing, 
shooting horses, what have you, driving around, causing hell, you know. Um, and my grandfather decided to take some of that management into his own hands. And so he was running around with his mother's purse gun in his, in his glove, like shooting at people he thought were, were trespassing or were, were hunting not how he wanted them to be hunting, um, which is problematic. So with the help of a, a neighbor who is a little more of a statesman um, and working with our game warden, um, figured out that this was better to involve the public and to have this block management program where people are a little more invested because it's walk-in only, too. So if you're walking in, you're not driving. It's a different type of hunter. I don't hunt or fish. What do you mean you don't fish? Oh, okay. Well, I fish with Juanita many times. Juanita, when fishing, likes to uh, dispatch the fish. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to – I'd rather die quickly. Man – you watch. She thinks you it. watch. We're, we're going to go off here. You watch a little perch that's been like frozen for like four hours suddenly come to life in your sink as you're scaling it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bad. Yeah. Not good. She doesn't like if you throw it's a, a fish, place in hell for people. If like you that. throw a fish in the boat and it's flopping around in her mind, it'd be like if you had a deer flopping around in your car. Put it out, huh? Put it out of its Got to put it out. Yeah. <laughs> You're the mercy killer. She, yeah. yeah, she undersells yeah. her hunting and fishing credentials. I am I'm constantly reminded that I'm not from a fishing culture as well from both these two. And, 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 and my nephew reminds me of that because I, I, don't, I don't have the feel, you know. The hook goes all the way into the fish, like in its guts before I decide before to. You're aware of this, yeah, before you're yeah. aware of the fish's presence on the other end of your line. So good. you're uh, – but so, yeah, so back to the, the um, block management, it was just this really beautiful arrangement where you'd have Fish, Wildlife, and Parks and our game warden do the management of the folks. My grandfather wasn't running around trying to shoot at people. People were respecting the landscape, respecting um, the access, and uh, not tearing up fences. And, of course, there's also some self-policing going on, too, which is really great because you have other hunters out there. They're watching Yep. There are other hunters, you know, and make sure everyone's following the rules. And so um, so we've had a lot of success with our block management pro- program. We, we don't have to, um, you know, you, it's, it's open to the public. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to get permission. You don't have to call us or sign up or any of that. It's, it's, I mean, you have to park at the appropriate places. But You yeah, don't even have to open. sign in. You have to sign in, I guess. All no, of them. not that. No, there's no really? sign there's in. There's no sign in. No. Wow. For block, block management, just for, for people to understand, oh, block yeah. management is a horrible name. God bless whoever came up with it, but block management, it's a public access program. It's like one of those names that no one would ever know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you look at the, like, the icon, there's, there's a, you know, a hunter with a rifle uh, shaking hands with a, a rancher on it's a, a great horse. icon. It's a great icon. The icon speaks yeah. at all. Yep. A rancher shaking hands with a hunter. But yeah, block management is a public access program. So point being, you live in a place that is open to block management. You, um, when you got married to my brother, you got married to my brother within sight of the bones of your grandfather. Intentionally, yes. Buried in the family plot. It's not a plot, it's a pasture. But like a pile of rocks. Yes, yes. (laughs) We put a pile of rocks on top of them, yes. Like right there on the property. Yep. And oftentimes, I know that my wife told me this, you never told me this, but oftentimes when you have a decision to make, 
Is it true that you go out? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Don't talk about this? No. Uh, someone <laughs> just uh, a couple days ago, you know, Ed Robertson from Mountain Prairie. Anyways, uh, was asking me the same thing. But yes, I do. Your wife is very observant. I didn't know this. Juanita yeah. goes out to visit the bones of her grandfather when she needs to make a decision. Yes. And even when my brother's off hunting on their anniversary, Juanita gets dressed in her wedding dress and goes out and sits on the rock where she married my brother by herself. To be fair, <laughs> his brother's only missed one anniversary. So oh, that was, oh, he only missed one. Okay. It's, it's this year. Cool. This yeah. year. We've... We celebrate, you know, our anniversary. I put the dress on, get the same bouquet, some champagne. We take our vows and, and friends, whoever's around, we stomp out to our wedding rock and, you know, reevaluate our vows. And, uh, yeah, that's great. And this year, COVID, and uh, what was it, goats? I think it was mountain goats. I don't know. Some, some hunting season issue. <laughs> so my husband couldn't be there with me so I was at the rock by myself I knew it was going to happen but yeah yeah point being I think uh, all that I'm only bringing this out like I'm not even going to get into um, how generous you are and how very kind well no not only that but how um, you're a wonderful aunt to my kids Without any fanfare. In I fact, don't like children. Don't like doesn't children. like kids. <laughs> kind of lets the kids understand that she doesn't like them. But within that, they love her because they know there's no bullshit. Oh, they're like, that's, that's a so mean. Kind. They're like, that's yeah. a mean lady, but I like her because she takes <laughs> me horse riding, gives me snacks. I can tell that she's got like a like you know. Threshold. Shred, yeah, there's a threshold there. She's cool about it. I get it. I love her more for it. A wonderful aunt. Like, I think you're a great aunt. Oh, that's that's really kind of you. Thank I'm you. I'm pointing out all this. Um, your generosity, compassion. Let me tell you another. This is my favorite Juanita story. Juanita gets, can I talk about when you got your car crash? Is this making you uncomfortable? No, I'm I'm. I'm Juanita gets in a car I'm crash flattered. with a guy. Okay. A guy destroys Juanita's car. He turns out he doesn't even have a driver's license or has no insurance or something. He has a dr- no insurance. No insurance. I'm on the phone with Juanita being like, well, how are you going to go about sticking it to him? Right? How, uh, what are you going to do to go after him to get your money out of him? She has to interrupt our call because he's calling her because she had called him to check in on him and make sure he's okay. Yeah, that was... Um- <laughs> I've never been in a car accident before. She took pity on the dude that killed her car. Yeah, but it was super icy roads. It was Highway 200. You, you, all three of you know it. Um, super icy roads, and this uh, pickup truck just slid right into my face. Um, it was oncoming. Oncoming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so and then she was, made it her responsibility to pursue to make sure he was all right. I'd never been in a car accident before. I mean, this is my home road, and um, yeah. Um, couldn't get out of my car. Had to like crawl it through the windows. Everything's dark. You know, I was worried. You know, it's pitch black. I was worried that um, someone's gonna hit my car, which is black and very small on a dark highway. And uh, got out of my car. Then I was wondering where I was supposed to go because someone's gonna hit my car, and I was worried that I was gonna get hit again. Um, someone came and picked me up, and then we turned around to go find the the guy who hit me because I wanted to make sure that they were okay. 
And uh, first thing we did was when we saw each other, we gave each other a big hug. And I, <laughs> I value that so much, wow. not just because now we're talking and we're, we're, we're in COVID. This just happened almost a year ago. But uh, yeah, and then he worked up in Sealy Lake, he, you know, and he was telling me he didn't have insurance. And I was like, dude, keep quiet because there's other people around. But we were just so grateful both of us were okay. And, and uh, yeah, and I didn't – I know he had stuff going on and tough gig, and I was – I have insurance. He doesn't, and I'm not – I mean, he's going to go get insurance. I don't, I don't need to – He's like, I can tell you one thing I'm going to do. Yeah, no, we, we – and we, we kept in touch, but uh, I, there was no need to wreck his life. And, I mean, man, he's my neighbor. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Point being – I think when uh, I, I just want to implore people, and this is the only this is only of, of the three hundred and how many million people are in America right now? Yanni, three hundred sixty some. I was going to say right at three. Several hundred million individuals in America, one hundred thirty thousand of them will encounter your name on the ballot. Vote Vero. And I'm not. I'm not getting into the. Po- I don't really know what kind of. Uh, oh, good job. I don't even know what the hell the issues are in your county. I don't really care. But I know that um, in terms of how you conduct your life and the connection you have to the land where you live and your compassion for the landscape and the people around you, I have a feeling, I'm saying this to the voters out there, I have a feeling that you will take your responsibilities seriously and do well by the individuals who put their faith in you to make good decisions. You're going to make me cry, Steve. Yeah. So (laughs) when you go to vote, go down and like, that's your person. Nothing to say bad about the person running against you, but that is who I want. If I was living in that damn County, that's what I want for my County commissioner. That's well said. And um, I can't I can't disagree with you. And I think uh, it's like what Casey was saying earlier. when We were talking about our local politics. It's it's not what you hear at the national level. Like our our local issues. I mean, this is just this is community members looking out for each other. This is the decisions we make is, is to make our community a better place to live and raise our kids. I don't even have kids, but I care deeply about all of your kids and kids and yeah that we have here it's it sounds so corny but um no it's true so corny but she yes. cares about kids in the way that in going out fishing she would say um what are these little people supposed to eat all day <laughs> no one has considered this something like that yeah that's that's fair also selfishly i like to eat and so i was wondering <laughs> what i was going to be eating too so yeah no it's um and Casey alluded to this earlier. Uh, this is an honor, and it's a, it's a huge responsibility. Casey's not doing this for for money, um, and uh, it is just a it's a, it's an honor. And when you really love a place, and I, you know, you love Utah, and I, I love Montana, and even more Missoula County. The more I learn about it, um, it's uh, yeah, it's an honor to be asked. So I was appointed, and then um, so now I have to run to finish to get another term um and uh yeah it when you feel ready and 
folks believe in you and like like you've said um yeah it's it's pretty exciting to take that step yeah i think it's helpful to you to talk about right now just to have a couple i wanted to have a couple people in um who have issues but just to in some way help bring up the idea that like the people involved in politics and like when you go to vote that um thankfully there's just it's individual like it's individual Americans. Uh, for the most part, I would uh, venture to guess individual Americans who are hoping to like do a good job. It's service for so people. This is absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So on November third, whatever day after the election, you can do it right now. And when our cities are in flames. <laughs> When our cities are in flames, we'll look back on this conversation today and try to remember <laughs> that. No, there, that there there's, are some, there's that, good folks out there working for us, and uh, I think it's important to remember that. And again, it's 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 local. Like, forget about the the national noise, and and remember the yeah the action. The rubber meets the road locally. Yeah. And like county commissioner, it, it, honestly, I don't think it really matters what party we're from. I mean, it's we deal with such a broad range, I and mean, whether it's someone complaining about a neighbor's dogs versus like our, you know, what's the correct pavement recipe um, <laughs> to to our budget, you know, um, the it's a it's a broad broad range. Yeah, I follow along on Instagram, and it seems like when you post some stuff about being a commissioner, you're always like off doing like things that you probably never even thought you'd be learning about, right? About what, oh my the gosh. inner workings of a county. It's fantastic, and 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 it's weirdly like the ranch, you know. It's like the ranch, you know, is this amazing place. Your ranch probably the same thing. It's like there's never enough, you know. JB Weld and duct tape and baling twine <laughs> to like hold the place together. Yeah. But somehow it works. And in Missoula County, it's we have amazing staff and amazing engaged citizens who who really care. And um that's what that's what makes it special. Um so I'm I'm and man, and we got some crazy challenges to deal with. Because we're a, a large county and a complicated county. Um and yeah, we have a urban Missoula, which is very different from like our largely like rural the rest of the county. I mean, you spent time up in Sealy Lake. It's, yeah, yeah, it's um, there's some tension there, and but that's why I, yeah, I I think that this particular commission of which I'm part of, I think we represent that tension well and in a in a positive way, um, and uh, yeah, I think we can demonstrate some can do and even a little joy, which isn't a word you hear in. No politics at all. <laughs> well, I want to um, again thank you guys both for coming on. Yeah, Juanita thanks. Vero, Missoula County Commission. Yes, this is your first up. This is you got appointed. Now you got to go in. Yeah, this wasn't on my radar at all. I mean, Casey, you've been you've been in the scene for a while. This was this this came out of left field for me. You make ser- a series of poor decisions, and then you end up with a <laughs> bad opportunity. <laughs> And uh, how long are you going to do it? Can, oh, yeah, oh yeah, are you going to are you going to be governor? No, no, no. I like where I live. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like at where a certain I live. point you got to go somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you won't move to live with my brother, 
Yeah, I'd be real dismayed if you moved to become a politician. (laughs) I was like, well, that's better than my brother. And Casey Snyder, who's up for re-election. Is there a term limit where you're at? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Tell people your district. Uh, It's House District 5. Cash Valley. Cash Valley. From the Mountain Man era, Cash. Absolutely, yeah. Jim Bridger loved it. And I live in Paradise, (laughs) which is aptly named, you know, so. So. You, you you can do two votes here because you can find Casey Snyder, fifth district. Yep. yep. So all five of you or thirty thousand of you that are <laughs> fighting five and that and that spread out community, yeah. and then also in Utah, go find your right to hunt and fish thing and vote. It's yes, correct. Correct. Yes. You want yes. We you want, want yes. to be able to hunt and fish. And if you're in one of the majority, the majority of states doesn't have such protection. Yep. So I uh, hope that other people will be inspired to um, with write their, their write their state legislature with their free time get that rolling in the other states. And I look forward to a national version. There's a movement starting right here, right now. I mm-hmm. can feel it. I, I right think that's to hunt what fish. I can feel. Absolutely. Right to hunt fish and trap. Right. Absolutely. Right. And run hound dogs. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna <laughs> start sh- one. And shoot a bow. What was the other things? <laughs> Yeah, archery hunting. Bait bears. Bait bears, chase lions. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming out. Uh, This is the bipartisan get-out-the-vote issue. We've introduced you to a Democrat. We've introduced you to a Republican. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd make you guys hug. That'd be, like, real. They did a fist bump. (laughs) Boom. They did a fist bump. There it is. Partisanship ripping apart America right here in our podcast studio. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.